Um, let's just open in prayer. Father, I come to you this morning. Lord, I... I just ask you, Lord, that you would take this time to bring honor and glory to your name. Father, I pray that you would give me the words to speak today. They would be words from you in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> you know, in life, a lot of times, God brings people into your life um, that become really, really great friends. And... Uh, I've been on the mission field since I was two years old. My mom and dad went in 1953, and um, um, most of my life, I don't speak in English. I speak in Yanomama, yeah, much to my wife's despair sometimes. But um, uh, back when we were probably 10 or 11 years old, I had one of my first converts, a Yanomama from the Amazon, came to know Christ as a savior through the message, through my, my brother and I. My, my mom and dad have 10 children. There's still 10, there's 10 of us, we're still all alive. And uh, I'm the second to the oldest, five boys, five girls. I guess my mom and dad believed in making it equal, you know, so. Um, we led, my older brother and I, led Ramon Rivas to Christ years and years ago. And uh, Ramon was probably a friend that I would have considered closer than a brother in a lot of ways. And uh, I got word this morning that he went to be with the Lord. And... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I know that Ramon is with the Lord, and I rejoice with that. I just wish I could have said goodbye. But um, <clears throat> the story in the jungle like, like this that I'm sharing right now is um, overwhelming in the jungle today because... Venezuela has fallen into, in 1999, they voted in socialism, and the country has been destroyed. Any people in here that believe that socialism is the way to go, I'm telling you folks, it's destructive. I believe it's demonic. It is not of God. God never promotes laziness. God never promotes taking from someone else to give to someone else. And Venezuela has been destroyed. And the people who suffer the most are the people who have the least. And the jungle people have been totally and completely abandoned by the Venezuelan government. Today, literally thousands of them are dying with tuberculosis. And the government won't even admit that there's tu tuberculosis in the jungle. I'm pretty sure that Ramon probably died with tuberculosis. Uh, Maria and I have done 
we keep coming to the U.S. because the only place we can get the meds are here, but they're hard to get. Um, most doctors can't give you as much as you need just for their own protection. And so we, we come and we get enough for maybe treating 40 people. Go back, we treat 40 people. And, uh, but a lot of, you know, if you have people in treatment, treatment is a long treatment. Well, most of you know that. Um, and uh, the devastation that has happened in the jungle is just, it's just beyond anything that I can even tell you about. Um, we used to buy all of our supplies at the nearest town, which is five days by river, five to seven days by river, or a two-hour flight with a small aircraft, which you can't really bring up a lot. Um, our supplies, we would, we would buy for like three months at a time. And uh, we would be able to share with the people in the village, the old people, the sick people, and uh, we would probably spend about $2,500 to $3,000 for those three months. Today, that same amount of food is costing us about $25,000. And uh, fuel went from $0.25 cents a gallon to $10 a gallon. And so um, we... Um, we really need your prayers. You know, I, I've been, I, I struggled with, with the, what, what I want, want, asked the Lord what I needed to share with this church. And I really believe that what God wants from this church is prayer for us. We need prayer warriors as never before. Uh, I have never, ever in my life ever really thought about just giving up. And saying, you know, hey, you're 69 years old now. It's time for you to hang up your, your hat and just live in America. That has never been part of, of what I believe God wants for me. I believe God wants me to die in the Amazon rainforest. And I don't, um, I don't believe that God has ever changed his mind about that. Um, I need people here in America that will hold us up in prayer as never before. Um, I'll tell you, folks, we need to hold ourselves up in America up in prayer as never before. There is a movement in the Yanomami legends. The shamans will tell you that the devil taught them everything he wanted them to know, and then he came to the world of the white man. That's us. And now he's here. The last thing that Chief Shufoot told me, one of the last things he told me as we were leaving America the last time, we had traveled all over America, spoken in Stanford University, UCLA, Cal State, uh, Sonoma State College, Oklahoma, uh, uni the University of, uh, of Oklahoma. We were in Texas. We, were, we, were even, we even got to speak up in Berkeley. But the last thing he told me on one of our last, tri our last trip here as we were on the jet flying from O'Hare back to Venezuela, he was really quiet. And I said to him, I always called him Bautista. I said, Bautista, what's wrong? And he said, I'm sorrowing for your people. And I said, why? And he said, because they're going into the darkness 
that my people are coming out of. And folks, that was really prophetic. I see America slipping into a darkness that is destructive, that is going to be a, a culture of no hope. The Bible talks about being without hope, being in the world without hope, without God. And that's where we're headed. So we need prayer. America needs prayer. Um, as we, we spent the last six months here in America, actually, we, we came back. I brought my two sons and my two grandsons, two grown grandsons with me. Our idea was to travel around to, to the churches in America and present them as the future for, for the mission work in Venezuela. Like I said, I'm 69 now, so if God gives me 30 more years, then, you know, I mean, uh, that's what I've been asking for, by the way. But uh, Marie says she doesn't think she wants to stick with me that long, so... <laughs> But anyway, um, I, we had brought the boys back, and I wanted to introduce them as the future of the work, you know, and Sean and Dominic are two young men. Um, they're Yanomamu. Their mother is a Yanomamu, and uh, they're my grandkids. But they were on fire. They're on fire for God, wanted to see what America was like, and we spent most of the time in quarantine. So um, they were happy to get home. Uh, we took them to Miami on the 11th of August, and uh, we, the Lord just opened all the doors just right. Uh, my son, Donnie, both of his passports were expired. He couldn't get anything done here in America because of the, the quarantine, but the Brazilian government honored his Venezuelan passport even though it was expired. And so we were able to fly them all to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and then from, Brazil, from there they flew into Boa Vista. And from Boa Vista they took a cab to the Venezuelan border. As soon as they walked across the border, the military picked them up and quarantined them for 14 days. And then they were taken from there because they kept showing negative. They took them from there over to a, a city called Puerto Adas, and they were quarantined again for three more days. And I got word from them that that was horrible. The last three days of quarantine, they had 40-some people in a small room sleeping on mats on the floor, no bedding, no water. And they actually literally had to beg for water, but God only allowed that to endure for three days. And they finally got back to the town of Puerto Ayacucho, and yesterday they flew into the jungle, so the boys are home safely. And... Um, I think we all learned a lot from it. We learned that our ways are not his ways, once again. And I still can't really tell you what God's purpose was in all of it, except maybe to maybe take the focus of my grandchildren off of, off of maybe looking to America for all the help, but just looking to God. Because in all reality, the only way my, my grandchildren will probably be able to serve the Lord in the jungles of Venezuela will be tent makers. I don't think they will ever want to come back to try to raise support. Uh, they, it's just too hard leaving family and, and uh, their, their, their wives and their children. Um, but in all of that, you know, it's just, it's amazing to see how God puts his plan together in our lives. Uh, Dominic, my, my oldest grandson, uh, has really gotten a heart for God 
and we can just see a young man that is growing in the Lord and, and tender-hearted toward the things of God. And uh, we ask that you would pray for them. They're the names of the my two sons were Jody and Donnie, and then Jody's two sons, uh, Dominic and Sean. Um, so those are names that maybe you could jot down and just pray that God would use them. Donnie lit, works out in town. He uh, does all of our government work for us. He's the the coordinator with the government. Uh, God has given him a a real gift of of uh, establishing friendship with government people. It's really neat to see because um, in 2005, when President then President Chavez. Uh, by presidential decree, ordered missionaries out of the Amazon rainforest. We were having military people landing in our village every few days uh, trying to figure out a way to get us out of the country and get us out of the Amazon. And we kept trusting the Lord to keep us there. You know, we claimed the verse that says that God opens a door, a man can't shut it. If God shuts the door, a man can't open it. So we believed that God had opened the door for us, and we just trusted God to keep that door open. And that was in 2005. We're in 2020, and we're still in the Amazon. But the neat thing is that God now has the same military that was trying to throw us out in 2005, 2006, 2007. That same military now flies us in and out of the jungle. You know, God is amazing. <laughs> And some of the pilots that were actually the pilots that flew government officials in there to try to convince us that we had to leave are the same pilots that are now flying us in and out of the jungle. Um, God amazes me all the time. Uh, as we are preparing to go back to Venezuela, um, there are a, a lot of projects, a lot of needs that we, we have for for preparing to go back to Venezuela. Uh, right now we have a family over in Tennessee who have donated clothing. Uh, one, of the, one of the big problems in the jungle is clothing. Um, we just, it's just not there. The people don't have it and it's hard to get. It's expensive, it's, it doesn't last. And, and so it's, it's, it's worthless to take old clothing because it's not gonna last at all. But God opened a door for us in, in Tennessee. There's a lady there that uh, collects clothing. It's all new stuff. Walmart donates a lot. There's a lot of donations that go to her. And so we've already taken two pickup loads from her place over to South Carolina where we're packing them into these 55-gallon uh, barrels that we were able to get, and we'll be shipping those. And we have right now in Venezuela um, uh, 29 uh, big action packers. They're the ones that you get at Home Depot, the big husky. I forget how many gallons they're supposed to be, but we have 29 of those with clothing and medicine, TB meds, antibiotics, uh, parasite medicine for the kids. We, we are, we're loaded with that, and it's all in Caracas. It made it safely to Caracas. They got it out of customs. It's in our little apartment stacked to the ceiling, the guy said, and now we need to get it from Caracas to Ayacucho, and then from Ayacucho into the jungle. So it's, and to really be honest with you, that's going to be the most expensive part, flying, uh, taking it from 
from our daughter's house to Miami, from Miami to the shipping company to, to, to Caracas, uh, is not going to, it was not as much as it's going to be to take it from Caracas to Ayacucho and then fly it into the jungle. So that's, a, that's an area that you can really pray for us about is to be able to get all these meds in. Uh, Marie and I are packing up a lot more stuff that once we get that stuff from Caracas, we'll try to get more stuff down. Um, the Yanomama people, folks, are considered by anthropologists to be the, the most uh, primitive and poorest society on earth. So you can see what we're up against. We, uh, we're, we're, we are working with a people that literally are devil worshipers. Their god is Omawa, and Omawa is Satan. Um, and they say that they worry about him because he's here. The creator of everything else is way up there. The one they worry about is the one that's here, and that's Omawa. Um, the Yanomama know about God. You can go up to any shaman and ask him, does he know the God who created everything? And he will tell you. He, he can tell you stories about God that you would believe that he had read the book of Isaiah or Revelations. As a 17-year-old, I was told by a shaman that God lives in the heaven above all heavens. That he, where he lives, there's no darkness, there's no sickness, there's no hunger, there's no sorrow, because there's no death. Where he lives, there are fruit trees that are bearing year around. There's no, there, all, every month of the year, there's more fruit on those trees. There's a crystal clear river, and he named it for me in Yanomama. He said, it's called the Wararai, which means crystal. There's a crystal clear river that flows up there that if you could just drink of it, you would never die. And I asked him how he knew about it, and he said, my children, speaking of his demons, showed me his place from a long ways off, but told me he's an enemy. He's selfish. He won't share that with us. And folks, as I read through my Bible, one of the things that I find consistent with Satan and consistent with the devil today is he takes the truth, he twists it into a lie, and he's doing that here in America. He's done it with the Yanomama. He takes little bits of truth and he twists it so that we accept it even though it's a lie. And we can go through Scripture and we can name one thing after another here in America. We're trying to legalize drugs now. Drugs are legal in the jungle. He's been using drugs to, to deceive and, and destroy the Yanomama peoples probably for centuries now. Abortion. And I'm not up here to get political, but I'm just saying these are things that the Yanomama people believe that a baby is not a human being until the mother picks it up and nurses it. Once she does that, she can no longer kill that baby. But to them, a baby can be put to death from the time it's born if the mother has never picked it up and nursed it. That is not a human being. Taking the truth and spinning it into a lie. And that's exactly what Satan does all the time. He is deceiving us as God's people here in America to keep our mouths shut, to not stand for what we believe, to not condemn the things. We, you know, we can condemn something but condemn it in love. 
There's no place in Scripture that tells us to hate the sinner. But there's plenty of places in Scripture that tells us to stand against sin and iniquity. God sent his son to die in our place because God so hates sin. I don't think that we really understand what Jesus Christ went through at Calvary. I think that if we really understood, you know, I I told people that the love of God never outweighs his justice. And people got mad at me for saying that. But folks, it's true. Because God is a just and holy God. He could not allow Gary Dawson into his presence. I was condemned. I was on my way to hell. There was nothing that could save me. No matter how good of a person I might be, there was nothing could save me because I was a sinner. I was born in sin according to the word of God. And so God, to satisfy his justice so that his love could redeem me, sent Jesus Christ to die in my place, to take my sin and my penalty. Folks, I don't believe that we can ever understand what really happened at Calvary. That those hours of when he, Jesus Christ cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I don't believe that we really understand what happened there. That for the first time in the eons of eternity, the Trinity of God was separated. Because the Bible is clear that God turned his back on his son, hanging and dying there in my place, taking my sin. And so as believers, we can't condone sin. We have to stand against it. We have to let our relatives, our friends, and our family know that these things are displeasing to God, and the only hope that you have is Jesus Christ. We can get out, and we can march against abortion. We can march against um, all kinds of different lifestyles. lifestyles. We can march against... Uh, drugs, and all those things. And those marches will change, not abs- will change absolutely nothing. But we can preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, and that will change the hearts of people who accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. I've met people who have threatened me to kill me in the jungle because of my stand for the Bible, for my stand for Jesus Christ, Shamans who have threatened to kill me through their their witchcraft power. And yet to see that person come to Jesus Christ and see the transformation that God brings in their lives. And these are people, folks, who have been so wicked that I I don't even want to even go into some of the things that they are capable of doing. But see God transform them and bring them into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Not because I marched against something but because I was able to show them Jesus Christ. The answer for America is Jesus Christ. The answer for the Yanomama in the jungles is Jesus Christ. I ask that, that you would pray for us. We, there are so many things that, that we're doing down there right now where... Um, the, the medical part is probably the biggest need that we have in the jungle right now. 
when you have a, a, an area that had 60-some American families, North American missionaries living in that area, and all of a sudden now it's one family left in that whole Amazon rain basin, the need of not just the Yanomama, but of the Yekwana, of the Bare, of the Hiwi, of all of these different tribal groups have fallen on us now. And uh, it just seems like we go from uh, one group of patients, we get them home, and we have another group of patients. Yesterday, when the plane went in, we had flown our last patients back into the jungle, and I thought, man, maybe we'll have some relief now. <clears throat> And I, my son out in town wrote me last night and said, Dad, they sent out five, four more patients. And um, it's overwhelming, folks. And we, uh, we, are, <clears throat> we are asking that, that um, God's people would step up to the plate and pray for us. There's nothing more important than prayer. We need God's people here in America saying, hey, Remember God, the Dawson family out there in the Amazon. We don't know what they're going through today, but Lord, it's probably a doozy. Would you take care of them today? Um, there are, are so many verses in the Bible that, that are just precious verses. And um, I look at myself sometimes and I think, Lord, why me? Isaiah tells us that our righteousness, our goodness to God is filthy rags. Isaiah chapter 66, there's a verse that says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And those filthy rags that Isaiah was talking about were probably the rags, the, the symbol, symbol that he was using were probably the rags that are off of leprosy patients. And he said, God, that's what our righteousness is to you. A verse that used to really bother me, especially as a young teenager, was Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And I realize that that's me. That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I remember a couple years ago, I started patting myself on the back because so many people were commenting about how God must have really, there must have been really something great about us that God had left us in the jungle. And you know that God had decided that, well, all of the other missions can leave, but the Dawson family stays. And I was starting to pat myself on the back. And guess what? God reminded me of the verses in Corinthians that says that he doesn't choose the wise he doesn't choose the ones that are full of knowledge. But he chooses the least of the least, basically, is what that verse says. He chooses them that are not to bring to naught the things that are wise. And I realized, and I, I you know, as, as the Lord brought those verses to my mind, actually, I was reading through Corinthians, and those verses just jumped out at me. But God has chosen the base things, it says. And I looked up and I said, Lord, I get, your, I get your point. It's not who we are. It's who he is. The only thing that is accomplished in the Amazon rainforest is because of God. 
It's not because of us. It's because of God. Luke 9.23 tells us, and that this verse, folks, I believe is a verse that every one of us should take and maybe quote it every day to the Lord. It says, Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There's three, three R's in that verse. No reserve, no regret, no retreat. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's no reserves, folks. That's to say, God, I'm, I'm through with Gary Dawson. It has to be you. Lord, flow through me, use me as you see fit for your kingdom. And then it's, I take up my cross daily. Folks, that's the area where most Christians struggle. The daily commitment to serve the Lord. Today, you know, we, we have revival and people go up and rededicate their lives. According to the word of God, that rededication should be every day that we wake up. Lord, you gave me a new day. I'm going to serve you this day. I take up my cross daily, no regret, and I follow him, no retreat. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is this. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The one thing that I can glory in is that I know that the work that God is doing on me right now that started way back when I was nine years old and accepted him as my savior, he's still performing it, he's still perfecting it, and one day I will stand in his presence complete in him. The last 20 years in Venezuela been really, really hard. Last 15 years, really, really hard. Gets harder all the time. But I want to tell you something to encourage you to. As we have seen more people, more Yanomami, more Yekwana, come to Jesus Christ in those last 10 years than we have, when then we had in 50, 40 to 50 years before. And all of this hardness and all of these, these, these trials that have come upon us, God is building his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't really know how much time I have, so um, I just ask you once again, remember Marie and I in prayer. You know, there is the real missionary. Marie, you ought to even stand up for that. She's the real missionary. She left her friends, her family in Wisconsin on a, on a promise from me that life was going to be great. And uh, life is beyond her wildest dreams, really. But she gave it up for the kingdom. I went back home. I went back to the people I loved, back to the place I grew up. And uh, I asked that you would... Every time, and you, you women especially, every time you get ready to pray for your missionaries, pray for Marie. She's not living with a North American. She is living with a South American that grew up in the Amazon rainforest. I can remember the first time I handed her 
roasted termites. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And uh, she'll tell you today they're pretty good. She says they're blah. I think they're great. But anyway, there was a time in my life when I would have traded probably any meal you could have offered me for a bowl of termites, but that's a different story. Um, do you guys have any questions? Are there any questions that you, you want to ask us about Venezuela, about what's happening? Um, if not, I'm going to turn the, the, the time back over and, and just remember to pray for us. We need prayer, and I'm, I'm sorry I've been... Um, I didn't expect the news that I got this morning, so it really hit me hard. And, and I'm just, I, I pray that God will take what I said here today and will just encourage your hearts to pray for your missionaries. Encourage your hearts to... Oh, yeah, I, I was going to mention that. Thank you. Uh, we're, I'm getting ready to go back to Venezuela if the doors open. It looks like the, the international airport is going to be opening up sometime this month. So in December, I plan to, Marie's going to stay here because she has some uh, dental work to do. But anyway, in December, I'm going to be headed for uh, Venezuela for the month of December and January. And during that time, we're going to have a, a Bible conference, a seminar where we'll probably have close to 2,000 people coming to our villages from all over the rainforest. People are hungry for the Word of God. I've been telling everybody we don't, we don't have the funds to buy the fuel to, to go get you guys, and they're saying, we'll walk, we'll paddle, we'll do whatever we can to get there. And so uh, would you guys just commit to pray for us for the, the seminars? Um, like I said, we're seeing more people than ever come to Christ in these hard times. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. And uh, we just really enjoy being here. You guys are a great group of people. And uh, I'm not afraid to be hugged. So, you know, I, I just, I know we have a virus supposedly going around, but and, you know, if, if the Lord wanted, I, I, I could pass away with the COVID virus. I'm not afraid. I just, you know, God is in control and enough said about that. So thank you, people.